Hello, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. Welcome to Business of Design. This is episode number 364. I had to think about that because this is the fourth in a series where we're answering 24 questions for 2024. And by we, I mean me, Kimberly Seldon, and a woman you know and love, Cheryl Horn. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So these these are the last six questions we asked. 18 prior to this. So if you've missed a couple of episodes, these are might be good binge episodes where you listen to them a couple of times. I think they're pretty rich. Yeah. Uh, So we've already talked about clients, projects, and business. And then in this episode, uh, we're going to talk about your team, uh, specifically your staff. Okay, good. All right. I know people have a lot of questions about that. Often designers will think like whatever is going on, they're overwhelmed. Hiring someone is going to be the solution to that problem. And uh, maybe, maybe yes, maybe no is the answer to that, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Quick announcements though. Let's do that. Yeah, uh, tomorrow we've got uh, BOD Live, so you can join uh, me and Portia Williams from The Prototype. We're going to be talking about strategic partnerships uh, that could be uh, realtors or builders, um, somebody that you want to add to your team, like a landscape designer or something like that to grow your business. Uh, So how to find the right partners, how to reach out to them, how to uh, grow those relationships and hopefully grow your business as a result. That's the conversation we're gonna be having. So again, that's tomorrow, February 21st at 1 p.m. EST. And then uh, a little bit further into the month on February 29th, Kimberly will be speaking at KBES. In Las Vegas, woohoo. In Las Vegas, yes. Yeah, you've been going there annually. It's a great show. And this year they're celebrating 60 years. Uh, So I know, I think, uh, immediately following your seminar, they're having a big party. So we know it's going to be a, a big crowd turning out for that. And you're going to be sharing uh, some of your uh, job site stories that in, in hindsight are funny, maybe not quite at the time, um, but sharing some of those experiences with the audience. Oh, that's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, even further down the, the road, October 26th, save the date. You're going to be in high point. I can see into the future. I'm looking to my crystal ball right now. So listen carefully. You will be in high point. You will be hanging out with business of design and you will be (laughs) celebrating our 20th anniversary. That is what is ahead for you in 2024. We are going to be pulling out all the stops to have an epic celebration uh, in honor of business of design 20 years. Where has the time gone? Are you kidding me? I feel Um, like we just did our 15 years there not long ago. I remember the bubbles and the, like the party, the neon sign and the grass wall. All the cupcakes on the tier. Cupcakes. You know how hard it is to get cupcakes to High Point, North Carolina. It was kind of challenging. Anyway. Can't get in and out of that place. Can't get in and out of that place. No siree. Anyway, (laughs) fun. Looking forward to it. And we will be, you know, notifying everyone of the details as they come in the meantime, just make sure that it is marked in your calendar to be at High Point on October 26th. Uh, It's the 26th to the 30th is the full show, uh, but join us on the 26th at High Point, save the date in your calendar, and we will keep everyone up to date as uh, as we have more details. Absolutely right. So you're going to need to come in on the Friday night. That's important. So you'll be flying in on the 25th so you can be ready to go on the 26th. We have a really a lot of fun stuff planned. 
And we have a lot of fun stuff planned right now for this episode. At least I think it's going to be fun. You have some questions for me about staff and talk about your staff. Yeah. What you got? I know you have, you know, an amazing staff now, of course. Um, But way back when, you know, before I started with you, uh, did you ever have trouble keeping staff? (laughs) What was staff like, you know, before Kathy and I and Victoria were all part of your team? I swear I still have PTSD. It was rough. It was rough. <laughs> I want a revolving door of staff. I, it's not because I'm a mean person. It's not because they hated me. They always said the same thing. I'm sorry. I really like you. I just, I just can't do this. I can't, I can't keep this up. What did that look like? Well, um, we had a lot of projects on the go because at that point you you might remember I had a television show on HGTV and I traveled all over the world and I showed people great design in Paris and great design in Morocco and great design in Italy and then when I got back home the phone's ringing off the hook they want me to help them have great design in Toronto which was wonderful and I wanted to I really wanted to and I had a lot of staff we were ready to go but what we didn't have are systems to help us run the business. And so every project began with super happy clients and very enthusiastic and ended as kind of a um, sort of being Canadian fired, which I talk about a lot. And that was exhausting for me, but it was also exhausting for the, for the team, right? You know, if you're working for somebody and you can never quite make them happy. You can never quite make the client happy. At some point you tap out, right? And it was chaotic. I, I, I think of it as like, it was like a rock and roll tour bus where it's like madness and it's super fun and like, but the morning after is kind of rough. And so people would last six months, seven months, you know, they finally sort of understand how they could maybe be helpful on projects. And then, and then they would run from the building, like they were on fire. I broke my heart and it, you know, I actually really, truly wanted to get out of the business. I thought I'm just going to do TV. It's super fun. It's easy. They do your hair, they do your makeup. How hard can it be? Uh, but I felt like I didn't want to fail. I just, I had this, like, if I quit, I failed and I don't want to fail. And that's when I hired the business coach. So no, I had a revolving team, a revolving door of staff, and it was extremely painful. And I would say it was also humiliating because I'd go to a supplier and they'd say, oh, is, you know, is, is um, Emily going to come in? No, Emily quit. How about Caroline? No, Caroline quit. You know, it was, it was, it was humiliating, you know, made me feel like they were thinking, what is she doing to these poor people? you know yeah well it took some time you've got long-term staff now I do and you know what's what's the solution to getting long-term staff systems yeah that was all it took once I was able to say here's how you do this task and they could then do the task and that it would be successful at doing the task they felt good about working for me. They felt good about what they were contributing. Like people don't come to work for you because they want to slack off and do crap work, mostly. Most people come to work because they really want to be amazing and they want to impress you and they want to make the clients happy and they want to get a raise and they want to get a bonus. And I just didn't give them the tools they needed in order to fulfill on that. Once they had the tools, they all stayed. You know, we even transitioned from full-time employees to contract 
um, team, a, a team that's all contracted. And we kept like pretty much everybody stayed, Still stayed. which is yeah. kind of amazing, you know? Yeah. Um, so systems are the solution. I mean, that is literally a chapter in yeah. uh, the new book we're working on. Systems are the solution. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, you pretty much asked, uh, answered my second question, which is what's the secret to retaining staff? Oh, okay. Systems. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. One word, you're done. They need to feel autonomous. You know, it's funny. I was talking to my daughter uh, the other day and she, she said she finally feels autonomous in the job she has right now. She's always had amazing jobs. She's had, you know, work for amazing people. She's learned a ton, but there were a lot of people micromanaging, checking over her shoulder. And in this job, and you know, maybe it's a, a factor that she's been doing it a while longer and she knows what she's doing. But in this job, her boss, her team, she she has autonomy. She can make decisions. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to check every single thing with the boss. The boss, the boss, the boss will create this horrible bottleneck if every single thing that happens at the office has to go through the boss. Right. So you have to give your team the tools they need in order to make decisions so they don't have to go to the boss for everything, I guess, is the bottom line. Yeah. And we're going to get into other questions about delegating, but that's something that uh, on on the business of design side, as well as within your design firm, that you certainly do. I talk about business of design like like I own it. And uh, because I have the freedom to make decisions <laughs> for business of design and what we're doing next. And, you know, I know as well as your senior designers, um, when they manage a project, they have the freedom to manage that project and they move it forward. Yep. And yeah. sometimes your team will make a decision that you wouldn't have made. So what? I mean, yeah. if it's not detrimental to your company and it, the outcome is okay and acceptable, um, let it go. Right. Remember Bruce Croxon from Shark Tank? What did what did yep. he tell us? What did he teach us? If it's if something like if uh if if the person can do the job 80%, right, 80% person, as well as you would, yeah. And do it. That's you good know, enough. Yeah. That's good enough. But often what happens is they do the job, you know, much better than I can do it. Like yeah. you know, also I had to recognize, wow. You know, like we talk about Kathy a lot because I'm I'm with her almost every single day. And Kathy has an amazing ability to just say the hard thing without blinking, without being nervous. She just can like, you know, say it. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to do it this way. This is a way that works better. Mm-hmm. Um, she's better at project management for that reason than I am because she never wavers. She never gets sidetracked. Well, like, oh, maybe we could do it this way just this one time. It never occurs to her to, to break the rules ever. She's better at it. So, you know, yeah. be okay with not being the best person for the task in your office. Right. Yeah. And I think it's also really important to hire for the specific task because it's a creative industry, because there's non-creative tasks that need to be done within that. Make sure that the person you're hiring is good for those specific tasks. I know when I joined the company, the people who were doing events in media, which is what I was hired for at the time, were their desire was interior design. So they would think that this is an in to move over to design. So be clear about that. If you are hiring an office manager or a project manager who doesn't get to do the design elements at the beginning, 
that that role is very clear as well as what it will or will not lead to within that business. If there are certain tasks that you're hiring for the tasks that you don't want to do or aren't good at, and that person needs to excel at those tasks, but also want to do them and understand that that's what the job is. Yeah. Don't lead them on. Yeah. So let's backtrack. And I think I just sort of led into that in terms of hiring. Um, you've talked a lot about, I know we have a system now for hiring, but that way back when you had these sta- this you know revolving door of staff that you sucked at hiring, what's changed? Why didn't that work then? And it is working now. Uh, what's changed is I still suck at hiring because I get excited by someone who matches my energy. Somebody comes in the room and like, oh my God, I totally want to work here. I'm going to pick fabric and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm like, oh, let's get this person. It's like, no, that's my job. That's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. I want the person who wants to sit at a computer all day and write up purchase orders. I want the person who goes, I love numbers. I get so excited about paperwork. Like that's who I want to hire. Yeah. But I don't hire that person. I hire a little somebody who acts like me. Um, so I still suck at hiring. But the difference is now there is a system that we just follow. And it's a multi-layered system. And I am actually the last person who meets the candidate in the office. Other people who are more like Cheryl's really good. at You're very good at hiring. So you meet a candidate before I meet a candidate. And if you think this candidate is a good fit, then I pretty much trust your judgment. I'm kind of last look. I'm kind of like, okay, let's just make sure there's not like some reason that we just clash or whatever. So have a system, stick to the system. It, it can help you. Like I... I never knew what questions to ask. Now we know which questions we're going to ask. We know which tests we're going to give them. It's mm-hmm. And we make them work for it. I used to just come on into my office on Thursday and then give you the job before you walk out. Now there's four or five steps to getting a job so that it builds some excitement and anticipation in the candidate as well. Yeah. And we also have external job descriptions that you would use to advertise for a position, but then a far more detailed version of that, that you can use for interviewing processes, because that's what you're focused on the tasks that go along with this job. Yeah. And and they're right for it. Yeah. And all of those things are in the operations manual. I resisted having job descriptions forever because I thought, well, if I, if, if there's something I want them to do, I just want them to do it. I didn't yeah. want to limit, you know, their jobs, <laughs> but that was a huge mistake. Um, so that's a good example. You asked me this on one of the other podcasts of something that I realized was, you know, mm-hmm. a good idea. So I was really resistant to job descriptions. I hated the idea. And when I finally surrendered, it was amazing. The transformation was incredible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And once you have this amazing team in place, uh, what's the hardest thing about delegating? Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I think it it probably has something to do with ego. Um, you know, when when I first started out, I just I just assumed that I knew how to do everything better than my team because I was the boss, so I must know. But, you know, you ultimately you realize like, oh, you know, Cheryl's actually better at clarifying strategic details in a planning meeting than I am. Somebody will say, we should do this event. And I'll go, yeah, let's do it. It's great. And she'll go, wait a minute. What about 
X, Y, and Z. And I'll be like, oh, all right. Okay. If we have to talk about it, let's talk about it. So I don't know if that's a very good- Make me sound like such a downer. <laughs> not a downer, but that's how that turns yeah, you on. for sure. You need that. Feels right. And getting, that gets you excited. Yeah. What gets me excited is, yay, we're going to have a party. Yay, we're going to do this event. Yeah. And then what gets you excited is making sure that there's going to be a return on the investment for that. Yeah right? You, it's your business training. You're wired to think like a business person. Yeah. I'm wired to think like, I don't know, a lunatic teenager, <laughs> I guess. I'm not even sure if I answered the question. Did that even answer it? Well, it was just about the hardest thing about delegating. And I think, you know, addressing that with eco, but just giving up that control. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I would also say, an aspect of it is allowing your team to make decisions. And sometimes those decisions will be wrong and you have to live with the consequences of a bad decision. But it's really important to let that happen from time to time because that's the only way that person's going to learn. So if you have a senior designer and she decides to, to do something a particular way and you don't think it's a good idea and you let her know, like, I'm not sure I would do it that way, but she decides to do it her way anyway and it fails that's okay. I mean, as long as it's not going to mean the end of the project, the end of the client, you're going to lose $20,000. It's okay. She's mm -hmm. going to have to clean up the mess and do it a different way. It's kind of like when you have kids, right? You have to, for some reason, my children will not let me make every decision for them. I can't <laughs> figure it out because I'd be so good at running their lives, right? But for some <laughs> reason, they feel like they can do it without me. I don't know. I don't get it. Um, yeah. So I'd say that's hard. And and I would say just backing, backing up, you can't delegate if you don't have a system, it's not going to work. You yeah. can't, you've, I know you've already hired five assistants. They're all lovely, but every single time they start, you have no real tasks to give them because nothing's written down. So don't, don't bother. You know, it's, there's no point hiring someone until you have some systems in place. Oh my gosh. And don't waste money hiring someone to create your systems. I did that a million times. They can't. They don't know how to run an interior design business any more than you do, maybe. So mm -hmm. that person's not going to come in and create systems to run your business. It's not possible. So, oh my uh, one thing that we had touched on. Such a bummer. Uh, Everybody's going to tune out. It's like, I don't want to be depressed. This is depressing. <laughs> well, one thing we had touched on at, I think it was like a retreat that we had this conversation, but we had touched on how a bad employee is actually better than a good one because it deters you from finding a great one. And so if somebody is doing okay, it's really hard. You sort of sit on the fence for longer than you should as to whether to let them go or not. And in the meantime, you're not delegating all the tasks that you hired them to do because you're not a hundred percent on their quality, but they're not messing up or doing things so badly that it's obvious this is not a fit and they need to go. Yep. So really, you know, I, and I think I, it might've been in one of our um, boss updates where it's one of the, the learnings or the experience was, um, you know, take your time hiring and then fire quick. I know there's a saying that goes along with that. And I'm drawing the yeah. blank, but um, hire slow, fire fast, something yep. like that, Very where, fast. You really have to, because a good employee who, that you're not making the most of because you're not comfortable delegating to them is getting in the way of you finding a great one. Yes. Good is the enemy of great. Yeah. And right. once you have those great ones, my next question, what's the best part about delegating? 
ah, oh, that you can go away on a holiday for three weeks and you don't have to even think about the office. <laughs> that is the best, but you've got to, I mean, it takes time to build trust with your team, right? You give them small tasks, bigger tasks, bigger tasks, bigger tasks. You want them to have ownership. You know, you say this all the time. I feel like business of design is mine. That's because you have total ownership over everything you do in business of design. I think business of design is yours. That's how much ownership you have. And that's what you want for your, all of your team members, right? Like your senior designers need to feel like it's their project. This is yeah. my client and my project, my, my reputation's on the mm -hmm. line. And that can't happen if you're not letting them make autonomous decisions. And a term that we use uh, internally is delegating up. So when you, you do have a new design, I, I, I use it. Excuse me. Um, so whether it's for business of design or one of your design projects, the larger picture is what gets passed on to your design team. They delegate back to you what they need from you. So for my own examples for business of design, obviously the systems and content, that's all you, the writing, that's that's you. Um, so if we're doing an event, if we're creating a new program, whatever that might be. I'm doing the strategic plan, but it's, these are the three things that I need from you. And here's when I need them by. Yeah. And the, the big picture I am responsible for, but you know, the portions of that, that I need you to weigh in on so that you don't have to pay attention to the big picture, just the tasks that you're responsible for and what I'm waiting on you for. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really interesting turn of events where you have your, these amazing team members who are saying, I only need you to do these three things. And then I've got the rest of it handled. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I can do three things. Sure. Um, it's kind of great. I don't remember. Yeah. That was years ago. Where I'm like, you're always giving me work. I don't understand <laughs> this. And you're like, I'm delegating up. And I'm like, what does that mean? I'm like, oh. <laughs> I made it up. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm also on kind of a need to know basis. If something's not due, you don't put it in my inbox. Yeah. When, when it's three weeks until you have this speaking event at IDS or, you know, High Point or whatever, uh, I need you to look at the presentation. This is what I've started. I need you to now finish it. Yeah. Um, and I need it, you know, a week from Thursday kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. So my final question is, I guess it's more of a coaching question because we do get this question a lot. Wait a um, minute, most of 24, oh, 24 questions. This is number 24. Oh, You're almost out of the hot seat. Can you get like one of those sound effects? That's like, like the drum <laughs> thing. Shit, I'll, I'll put it in an editing. You put it in editing. I want a drum roll. Afterwards, maybe like balloons exploding. and. <laughs> <laughs> For those only listening, they're going to be so confused. But yeah. no, but you'll hear you'll hear the drum roll and you'll you hear, will. hear the balloon. Hear the balloons I can't popping. See my eye, arms gesturing wildly. But you can <laughs> you can watch you can watch the podcast on YouTube. There you go. No, you can't. So final question number twenty four. Most listeners know and members know that you have had full time staff as employees, mm -hmm. and that a lot of the same staff and new staff are contractors. So can you give us a pro and con of both having employees and having contractors? Oh, that's so good. Okay. The great sort of rolling four questions into one. Yeah. <laughs> pro yeah. Con, right? yeah. Contractors, employees. The great thing about employees is you, you have immediate access to these individuals Monday to Friday, nine to five, let's say. 
uh, that's how it was in my office or nine to five 30. So if something came up at three o'clock on a Thursday, I grab somebody this, I need you to do this for me right this minute. Um, that's a really big plus I would say of an employee. I also loved the camaraderie of being in an office together. I have to say it was fun. We had a lot of like lunches together and laughs and, you know, somebody's having a bad day and we're having a cup of coffee and a few tears. I loved all of that. And I sometimes I really miss it. So I would say that's great. I would also say I loved this idea that when I looked around the office, I felt that I had in some way contributed to this person's life in a really meaningful way. Like, wow, that person bought a new car or that person bought a new house or I'm part, I'm a little teeny part of how that happened. And that made me feel happy. And, and yeah, I was happy about that. I was happy that people got benefits and stuff like that. I love all of that. When we switched to having independent contractors, um, I think the advantage of course, is that you don't have people on the clock filling time with busy work. Um, and that is not to suggest my employees ever did that because I think we were truly busy on projects all the time. But if I wanted to close the office for a month, I could literally do that. And I don't have to worry that I have expenses. Um, the big disadvantage with independent contractors is if I say I, I have this new project and I need drawings immediately, it, it's possible that somebody who works with me all the time says, I can't do it for two weeks. And then I have to either wait two weeks or I have to go and find someone else to do the drawings. And um, both of those things can be inconvenient and kind of scary. I would say it took well over a year to get used to having independent contractors for that reason. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. There's money to be saved with independent contractors because you're not paying benefits and you're not paying, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. On the other hand, I all, one of the benefits I thought would come with independent contractors on my interior design business is that you no longer had to, like, I no longer had to take every job just to pay the bills, which I felt when I was an employer, I took some jobs I really didn't want to take because I had a big staff and I had to keep feeding the machine. I thought, oh, well, with independent contractors, I can just say no to any job I don't want. But the truth is you have certain people who work for you a lot and they become used to you giving them X number of hours a month. If you suddenly turn down a bunch of jobs, it's possible that they have a hole in their pipeline and they can't pay their bills. So there is some pressure when, because most of my people I've used for a long, long time I do feel some pressure to take jobs I wouldn't normally take. And so I'll have very real conversations and say, you know what, I've got this potential project. I don't know if I want it. How are you? Are you, what's your, what do you need in terms of the number of hours I give you in the next three months? Are you okay if I turn it down or do you need it? And um, I've had the answer be both of those things. I've had the answer be, I absolutely, I need the work. So please take it. Great. And I've had, um, no, my gosh, I'm so busy. I've got this, 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 this. I have plenty of work right now. Turn it down. Mm -hmm. So I think both can be amazing. If you're in a position to hire full-time employees, I think it's just a beautiful thing to do. Mm -hmm. And you can do 
both where if you do have a couple of designers that you have full time, because that's what on a regular basis you can, yeah. you know, your pipeline accommodates and then outsource if they're getting busy, just the drawings, take it off their plate and outsource it so that they can continue to do their hours, but they're not overwhelmed. Certain tasks you can outsource as needed for select jobs and just maintain the staff you need that you know you can keep busy on a regular basis year round. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's certainly been an interesting ride and both both are great. And Cheryl's the only reason I was able to switch from full-time employees to independent contractors because you could see that I was really struggling and waffling and not sure I could do it. And you finally said, you can do it. Everybody will be fine. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> nobody's going to die. You're going to be fine. I remember you holding my hand through that whole process and just thinking, wow, this woman is amazing. <laughs> I think that's when I decided that you could just run everything. I think that's the moment I thought, what am I doing? I don't, I shouldn't even <laughs> work anymore. Cheryl should just be running everything. <laughs> well, and like you said, like everyone stayed on, even for those who had other jobs for a while, we're still working with you yeah. on the side and slowly transitioned right back to that's being great. on your team. So it was, yeah. it was great. It was funny at the Christmas party this year. I'm like, same people. <laughs> at the uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Year after year. Year after year. It's pretty nice. It's, you know, after a while, it's more like family than anything else. You know, we're so lucky. And thank you for coming up with 24 questions, Cheryl. I really appreciate As usual, I didn't do the work Cheryl did. I just did the answer. <laughs> but uh, you contribute so much all the time. And I can't imagine 2024 without you. So thank you yeah. so, so much. Or 20 years without you. 20 years. I know we're counting down. So I'm excited. So we've got big plans for this year and for business of design. And again, we'll keep everyone posted. But uh, yeah, mark your calendars. Join us at High Point. 2024 in October and uh we'll let you know what's happening when we when we know but yeah. we know we're, we're ready to celebrate it's been an amazing 20 years we're ready to celebrate we'll be, back, we'll be back next week with re regularly scheduled programs and yeah. a fabulous guest and if you haven't been on the podcast for goodness sakes what are you waiting for you yeah oh my goodness reach out to me well. our favorite yeah. podcast interviews are business of design members they, those are by yeah, far the best episodes, by far the best episodes. Yeah. So please reach out if you've implemented something and it worked, if you tried something and it failed, if you're great at this or terrible at that, we like both sides of the equation to come forward. So yeah. please reach out and be a guest on the podcast. It's yeah, we'd love that. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Reach out. All right. Happy 2024. Thanks, Cheryl. Thank you. Bye, everyone.